What's up, guys? Here with you, FC Wonderkid, episode 96. Here with my guy, Bretton. How are you? Uh, we are approaching the century mark, almost 100 episodes. I think we're going to have to do something special. I mean, yes. that's what, April 12th or something? Uh, that's exactly when it'll be 100. We got to do something special. But uh, before we get there, we got 97, 98, 99, and a whole lot of football in between. Yes. And my goodness... This past week, let's just say I'm doing a lot better than PSG fans. <laughs> a lot better. And episode 96, we're going to be talking about the Prem, the relegation battle, Chelsea, Man United draw, Kazmir sets off. Click in the link in bio and please watch episode 96 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Like the video. So people, mm. whoa, what was that Arsenal game? 3-0 win to Fulham by Arsenal. It was Arteta's yeah. 100th win for Arsenal. And Fulham away is, isn't an easy game to win. Bellinia yeah. wasn't playing. Big yes. shout out to that. Bellinia is mm. very missed. But still, the mm. 100th win of Mikel Arteta with the youngest team in the Premier League. That must be talked. Go. So Arsenal yeah. is going bold this season, man, I gotta give yeah, that credit. Yeah. And and the and the one old guy on the team, right? <laughs> Leon, Leandro Trossard is the guy that actually gives a hat trick of assists. Um, and I, I said it before, and I'll say it again. Hmm. Leandro Trossard is a better winger right now than Mikhailo Mudrik. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, mm. Arsenal, uh, whether it was on accident, whether it just was too much, too fast. Uh, it is the best thing that has happened to them to not get sucked into that bidding war for Mudrik because Leandro Trossard is built. He is turnkey. He knows how this Premier League operates. He has been good in this Premier League for Brighton. And my goodness, he has been absolutely lights out under Mikel Arteta. So mm -hmm. like you said, um, it was him setting up Gabriel. It was him setting up Odegaard. It was him setting up Martinelli. And uh, I, I got to give all the credit or a good chunk of the credit on the day uh, to just phenomenal delivery from Leandro Trissard. <sighs> what a game it was. I have to agree with you, Bretson. Yeah. A hat trick of assist that was. But you really believe mm. right now Trissard's better than Mudrik? Uh, yeah, I mean, as a, a better player right now, yes, I do. Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about who has... We're not talking about who has the highest ceiling, mm -hmm. right? We're not talking about that at all. In terms of if Arteta wants to win this year and Arteta wants to try and win next year, uh, Trossard is going to play more of a role than Mudrik likely is going to play in whatever revival Chelsea is undergoing right now in the three games they've won in the last seven days. So <laughs> Trossard is a better player right now than Mudrik. If we, if we fast forward three years... Mm. it's very likely Mudrik will be the much better player. I we all know that we, we can see his explosiveness. We can see the thoughts. We can see things starting to come together for Mudrik. I'm sure it'll get there at some point, but my goodness, Trissard has been like the right here, right now player that mm -hmm. Arsenal needed at this moment in time. Um, and Arsenal fans have got to be pretty happy. But I do have to say, mm -hmm. you, you mentioned Jal Polina's uh, absence. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, they didn't just get beaten. Okay, by <laughs> Arsenal, they got they got the floor wiped um, with themselves Very, by Arsenal, right. and and the game before this, they got beat up by Ivan Tony and uh, and Brentford. 
Okay, so they've not lost one London rivalry. They've lost two London derbies uh, in the last two weeks, and a lot of it's because Jao Polina is not there to Mm -hmm. assert his dominance on this midfield. Um, And, you know, he's still leading. Polina is still leading the Premier League in tackles one, and he's missed the last two games. (laughs) So So understandable, those Liverpool rumors for João Polina. He gives guarantees for any top six team in the Premier League of his impact. And that's what Trossard did. I completely agree with that point. And Arsenal, the players that make Arsenal tick, Thomas Partey against Fulham, William Saliba, an astonishing game from the 21-year-old centre-back, and Martin Odegaard, the leader on the field, okay, of Arsenal, that is always in the right place at the right time. And this is a bold stat. So bold that Arsenal... Are the only team, Arsenal, are the only team next to PSG with three players with more than 10 league goals. There it is. Saka, yeah. Odegaard, and Martinelli are next to the, like, the names of Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi this season. Only these three are, have more than 10 league goals. That is so bold. There you go. And I'm going to yeah. say this. Martinelli is... Mm. Has been is gonna no Martinelli is key for <laughs> for Arsenal to win the Premier League this season. He's got yeah. 12 goals and two assists, and he's played mm. every single game for Arsenal in the Premier League. Absolutely mm. crucial and vital, and with no injuries, Martinelli can be talked as a world-class player because he's absolutely needed for this title yeah. challenge. So big shout out to Martinelli. Yeah, and I'll give you that. Um, and more importantly, I have a quiz. I have a little question for you, okay? So out of the 32 or so goals um, that these three, this trio has scored, right? Martinelli, Saka, and and Odegaard, who just hit that double-digit mark. Yes. How many penalties? How many penalties are we talking about? Uh, I'd say two. That's right. That's right. Yes. You, ding, ding, ding. I don't, you win nothing. You win absolutely nothing but, you know, a nice little smile from me. Yes. 30-plus goals, only two. Only two penalties are represented in that total. Okay. Mm. Holland, in comparison, has five, but he's also scored more than most uh, most Premier League teams. So, we, you know, we'll give him five penalties, right? But, yeah, <laughs> two penalties amidst those three. And on top of that, by the end of the season – Yes, we have to count Trossard's numbers at Brighton previous to coming over, but there's a good chance you're going to see three Arsenal players with double-digit assist totals as well between Odegaard, Saka, and likely Trossard in the very near future. So uh, just amazing stuff from Arsenal, especially considering they did not play their best at sporting and they mm-hmm. still got that result in the end. <laughs> and, you know, that, that was a big deal. That was a big deal for them because they were not playing well on that day. And they were not playing well. 2-2. It's going to be a very interesting game back in London. Ugart yeah. will be back. Ugart, please, mm. Arsenal fans, pay attention to him. He didn't play the first match against Sporting, but the second mm. match in London, Ugart will be present. No Morita, no Kovac. So Ugart will defensively will turn up big time if Sporting are going to surprise the world. That's true. And I'm going to say, mm. too, Arsenal are five points mm. clear this season, and they are the main contenders to win the Premier League, and it's all dependent on the match against Man City. If they beat Man City, everybody will consider them title contenders. 
So put yeah, down below be. in the comments section your thoughts. It, will Arsenal win the league? And yeah, I want to mm. see those comments, man. And we mentioned Pelinha. And Pelinha yeah. has been non-stop in the reports to go where? To go to Liverpool, a team that lost 1-0. To Burnmouth people, okay? The twenty <laughs> the one of the la the team that fighting for the relegation beats the team that won seven nil against Man United the last weekend. Yeah. It makes no yeah. sense and Liverpool are still dependent on signing midfielders. Bring on Drew yep. Bellingham and bring on Pelinha to top signings. But I'm just I gonna mean... say this for sixty million, is Pelinha mm. worth it uh, for Liverpool Breton? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, obviously, yeah, he's going to have to keep his discipline in check. But, 27. Uh, but then again, uh, yeah, 27, uh, you, you could get a good five years out of him. I think 60 million is a going rate for who you know is already, again, turnkey. He's somebody that has already shown mm -hmm. uh, for uh, that he can essentially help Fulham outperform. Uh, sure. they're, they're going through a rough patch right now, and it's not surprising because guess who's not on the pitch? Um, so yeah, I know I see that, but you know, before they even, before they even start going after, uh, guys as good as Jao Polinia, they should probably look at maybe signing up. I don't know, 26 year old Philip Billing, uh, because apparently that guy manhandles the midfield at Bournemouth, um, and manhandles Liverpool's midfield, uh, more than anyone else in, in, in this team. I, I mean, Bournemouth needed the win. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll talk about the relegation battle in a little bit, but my goodness, did it get turned upside down and tightened at the screws um this week and uh it's gonna be a hell of a ride the rest of the way but liverpool <laughs> jekyll meet hyde what the heck is happening i did not have on my bingo card <laughs> them handing manchester united their worst loss ever and then in turn losing to literally i believe at that point in time they were dead last or close to dead last oh. in the league how does this happen um and salah I don't even think I, I believe I believe that that penalty is still orbiting Earth. <laughs> that penalty was so bad for Mosala. And it's these mm. moments, the clutch moments. Tottenham got three points, the top four race. People point yeah. fingers because of this to Mosala. But the truth is still Mosala holds the record of most goals scored in a Premier League season. Okay. The, but true. I, I completely agree. These are the moments. It, and against Burnmouth. He was needed. Darwin we Nunes? Yeah. Come on. Where are the goals? Mm. But I, I say I see a ton of news. The Palinha Liverpool. But if I was yeah. Liverpool, I'd get Florentin Luis. Palinha is 27. Florentin Luis is 23. And in the Champions League is going bold. I've said it. Roberto Martinez, please call him up for the Portuguese national team. And again, in the Champions League, one of the best defensive mids in the competition, Florentin Luis. So yeah. I would well, get him for if I was Liverpool. Yeah. I, I, that's a, it's a very solid, <laughs> solid signing. I think also now, um, just For based 16. on some bizarre fixtures this year. I mean, at what point are we also extending the needs for Liverpool uh, to a center back pairing to other center backs? You know, mm -hmm. Van Dyke has not been his best, obviously. Um, Joel Modup, who the heck knows where he's been. Joe Gomez, not so good, has had a good appearance, I guess, here and there. Ibrahima Kanate, the exact same way. Everybody's been inconsistent in nice. this Liverpool defense. So I, I don't know if there's supposed to be a reimagining or how long that would take, but there is no Todd Bowley coming in 
um, to, to offer the chance to buy 25, 26 new players. Um, so it is going to have to be calculated. And I think you're absolutely right. It still remains that that midfielder needs to be sorted out. And if it's not Paulinia, it needs to be Florentino Louise. Um, and if it, if it can't be, uh, maybe if you can get both of them, who the heck cares? Because I, I just, if I'm a Liverpool fan, you go from, uh, that's such a resounding win to being overly depressed again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't understand it. And now what's looking, what's staring you down in the face is a ridiculous opportunity to potentially Raymond Tata the crap out of Real Madrid the same way they did to other teams last year in their run to the Champions League win. Um, but nobody after that Bournemouth loss can go into that feeling any sort of um, optimism. I guess, or confidence in any way, shape, or form. I, I just don't know how how this is happening, and I think Jurgen Klopp is at a tipping point, for sure. I, I think Klopp will stay more seasons for Liverpool. Yeah, I think this will. summer, they just need to get that center back sorted. I completely agree. And if I was Liverpool, I'd get Florentino Luiz or Pelinha, but Pelinha's older, and Jude Bellingham. Please, come on! <laughs> that would be, has to be the focus of Liverpool, because those two would bring them top Premier League consensus. So I wanted to say that. And you mentioned Todd Boyley. Ah, Todd (laughs) Boyley did the signing. And I was saying to you, the most expensive signing in the Premier League had a reason to be. And Enzo Fernandez sees everything on the pitch. I completely agree with Graham Potter. And he will be one of the best midfielders in the Premier League in the next five years. The impact he's having for Chelsea, I'm going to say right now, for me, João Félix and Enzo Fernandes are the most exciting uh-huh. players to watch at Chelsea. And you can see that they improve massively the team going forward. Finishing will yeah. improve for João Félix, but the impact, he's now involved in everything. And Enzo anticipates. He's so good. Yep. Kovacic has brought the Enzo that we all knew watching him at Benfica and for Argentina too. World-class yeah. player. I'll say yeah, that. And, and, and- and even with Mudrik's, um, you know, finally getting on the board and getting that assist across to Kovacic right into his path, oh. I believe Enzo was the one that delivered that pass exactly. as well. So, no, I'm with you. That by far was the best match he's had uh, in a Chelsea shirt. Um, and I, I I, would even, you said five years, I, I would even kind of truncate that. I would say in the next year or two, he's going to be one of the most dominant midfielders um, in the Premier League. I, I think... Building around Enzo makes a whole lot of sense, and I don't think there's a whole lot of people out there that's going to disagree with that. And I also, um, you know, once again, to agree with you, uh, what what the heck is this podcast if all I do is agree with you? But João Felix, um, even though the goals have not been pouring in, yeah, I mean, you can see there's a little bit of luck, a little bit of mistiming, a little bit whatever, but the ideas, mm-hmm. everything from the idea perspective, he makes people better. Um, on the pitch exactly. by being on that pitch. And that's not a Portuguese bias. That's not coming from somebody that has a Portuguese background here. João um, <laughs> Felix, you can see the ideas. You can see the interplay. You can mm-hmm. see he is smart, very smart off the ball, and obviously very tidy with the ball. Um, so, yeah, between Enzo and Fe- Felix, I 100% agree that they are the ones with the better ideas um, across the board. And they're making Kai Havertz um, either put up or shut up. Um, because Kai Havertz is getting open looks and he's not quite putting them away, but okay, he has scored a few goals here and there. Um, so listen, three wins in seven days, that's got to give you a whole lot of, uh, you know, optimism, maybe not in the short term, but definitely in the long term. But I have to say this, I got to say this, Alex, Mm. you ready? Yes. You ready? The previous two times 
that Chelsea have won the Champions League, okay, the previous two times have come when they have had very, very subpar domestic seasons in the Premier League. Okay, so back, I believe it was, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Let's see. Well, 2020-2021, they ended up, I believe, finishing, what, fourth maybe in the the, uh, Premier League, which would be great. I think every Chelsea fan out there would agree that fourth this season would be great. Um, But, yeah, they wound up finishing fourth, and they ended up winning the Champions League under Tuchel. Okay? (sighs) Now, go all the way back to 2011-2012. Antonio Conte, they finished, you ready for this? 10th, mm. 10th in the Premier League, and they won the Champions League that with season. With Di Matteo. They came out. With with, uh, was with that Di Matteo, Di not Matteo. Conte, I'm sorry. Di Matteo, people. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Di Matteo was a manager <laughs> that didn't end up winning anything afterwards. Yeah. So that's what makes mm. it so bold. And Thomas Tuchel won the Champions yep. League with Chelsea three months in. Three months yeah. in, I think. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure on that. But it was very short-term impact. Rudiger was massively better with Tuchel with that team. But I'm going to say yeah. this, man. Graham Potter, with these three wins in seven days, have saved his job this season. The Champions League fight is real. And Enzo Fernandez, no doubt in my mind, with Mudrik and Jean Felix will be the top players by the end of the yep. season. And shout out, huge shout. Chelsea plays different, but Ben Shilwell is back. And Reese James, yeah. if he's on the right too. If these two mm. fullbacks are playing, Chelsea have no doubt one of the best duos of fullbacks in the world. And they're both English. Ben Shilwell and Reese James. So they yep. have a ton of options for the future. Malagusto too, even coming in the future. So mm. next season. Chelsea with fullbacks, Ben Shilwell, Cucurella, Reese James, Malagusto. It's unreal the amount of <laughs> options they have. And let's see, Mudrik, Pulisic, will he stay? There's so much to talk. But a player that for sure, I believe, right now, will not stay at Chelsea, it's Mason Mount, people. I really believe he's going to leave. I don't see him involved with this Graham Potter new tactics. And in the scheme sure. of things... And I see a ton of news of Liverpool, United, and Newcastle. And I could see him mm. moving towards one of these three teams. I could see Newcastle. Newcastle. I like that. Newcastle would be really interesting. Uh, Bruno Guimarães, Mason Mount. Mm. Mm. One step back yeah. to go two steps forward. Champions League ball in the future. Mason Mount thinking. That would be hella and if, bold. If Alexander Izak can look like he did over the weekend for them. Um, <laughs> Uh, and Newcastle is going to be tough. 11 uh, and goals Almiron. and 2 assists, Newcastle. Uh, Miguel Almiron. In, 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 one season, in one season, he has scored more than he scored in the four previous seasons, Miguel oh. Almiron. I mean, it, it's it's just a wonderful story. Um, but more importantly, Newcastle had gone through a tough run of form. True. Um, they, they, were, they were not good. They were not good for a while, and uh, they had trouble scoring. Uh, they had the Carabao Cup uh, final loss on their backs. Uh, that probably weighed him down a bit, but uh, that win was absolutely vital over the weekend for Eddie Howe um, and Newcastle. But back to Chelsea for a mm-hmm. second, because uh, do not fret, Chelsea fans. This momentum could actually continue on for some time. I mean, we're looking at Everton. We're looking at Aston Villa. We're looking at Wolves and a showdown with the Jekyll and Hyde that is Liverpool um, as your ne- next four fixtures. And you are through. Um, to the quarterfinals. 
uh, when it comes down to it, beating Bo Russia Dortmund. So you have the skin in the game um, in the uh, Champions League as well, but this is one of those seasons where fourth is not that far off. Uh, Champions League football is not that far off because everything it. has been so I don't I agree with you, but let me finish because everything is so tight. I mean, mm. Manchester United kind of um missing out on their opportunity, right? Mm. Especially over the weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that next. But everything is still so tight. Um, and Chelsea, if they make a good run of it, if this is not some flash in the pan type three wins in the last seven days, if they can replicate this, um, and start to learn about each other uh, heading into the end of this year. I mean, they might be un- able to end this year on some really positive momentum and with a far run in the Champions League. They mm-hmm. honestly could. If I think you know? if Chelsea gets Benfica, I think Benfica beats Chelsea. Enzo Fernandes, Ooh. vengeance from Benfica. Gonçalo Ramos, mm. Grimal, Florentino Luiz, Antonio Silva, all performing at their elite level, in my opinion. And it would be very interesting to watch. Even João Félix coming back to the luge. What a game yeah. it would be. Unreal levels. But it would be I, huge. Chelsea, Chelsea, I think it's mm-hmm. going to be always a negative season, this one. Has to be a zero okay. season. Because Graham Potter... I agree with you in the past saying Graham Potter couldn't manage all these new signings. No manager could do this easily. And a manager with his level of past is very hard to deal with this. So I agree that Graham Potter getting a top six and going far in the Champions League, it's a good enough season with what has happened at Chelsea, in my opinion. So, uh, but, but it's uh, yeah. But I mean, like like I said last podcast, okay? Mm-hmm. It is. It's one of those things where you have enough Chelsea fans that are so adamant that either Potter is the guy or Potter is not the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of scenario. I mean, winning three is absolutely phenomenal, but that also means uh, Grand Potter sticking around. Todd Bowley's not getting rid of him the more he wins. And you should kind of want that. But if ultimately you don't believe that Graham Potter's going to take you beyond a certain ceiling, Mm -hmm. um, then ultimately I I can see being pretty conflicted um, as a Chelsea fan right now. But I I guess we're going to find out pretty quickly because um, three (laughs) wins in seven days, if if you're following the Liverpool rule of thumb here, uh, that means you're going to lose, I don't know, like 4-1 to Everton or something (laughs) in in the next fixture. Um, But no, it is good to see Chelsea pep up some. Um, Obviously, they have not been playing their best because they don't know each other for the most part. Um, and I think the best is ahead of them. It's That's just true. whether or not, yeah, whether or not you feel, I, I, it really does all come down to this, this, um, this draw, it's, right? This week's Champions League fixtures and then who they're drawn against. Mm-hmm. Um, if this could become another storybook uh, run to a Champions League final or whether or not it just fizzles out in the next round at the Estadio de Luz or something. <laughs> that, and, um, and the Chelsea development ending with it. To Chelsea development now, you have Benoit Badiashile, Wesley Fofana, mm-hmm. Reese James, yeah. Enzo Fernandez, Mikhailo Mudrik, Fofana, the young striker, Armand Brozier. Mm. You got a ton of youth to invest in the future. So it's just the start at Chelsea. Gotta believe in the future with Colburn too. But Man City, just changing yes. things. We mentioned Arsenal and Arsenal are five points clear, but Man City won't do things easily for, for, for Arsenal. Man, oh, no, I, sir. 
Erling Haaland has 28 goals scored in the Premier League. He will become the all-time leading goal scorer in one season in the Prem. And we're saying this and we're in March. Insane how fast he's adapted to this new league. And he's a generational talent. More, it's mm. facts. Everyone that hates Erling Haaland, just like Ronaldo, man. He's villain vibes with her Erling Haaland, too. He is massively important, so he's going to win the league. This, If not this season, the next season, definitely, I'm going to say that. Erling Haaland. But let's, come on, man, let's be honest. If we actually have to look at it, uh, uh, you know, on surface level, be, between Cristiano Ronaldo and Erling Haaland, who looks like more a villain to you? Uh, an actual villain. I mean, honestly, he looks like an anime villain, Erling Haaland. You know, <laughs> it just he's got that the tight Majin hair. Boo. You know, he's got the physique. He's just otherworldly in in what he does. But I'm gonna be honest with you. He was he was virtually non-existent that whole match until he got that penalty. Exactly. But but by all but it doesn't matter. I mean, he's got 23 non-penalty goals, five penalty goals. You're talking 28 goals. I agree with you. Ooh. He's probably gonna pass this thing. Um, or else Manchester City is going to fizzle out. But let's be honest. Mm. Okay, yes, people do care about the Premier League. Yes, Man Manchester City, though, they've been there, done that. All eyes are on RB Leipzig midweek, correct? <laughs> and I have to ask you, and I, and I know we're going to talk about Champions League in a little bit, but is there any way, any way in your mind that they bottle this? That Manchester City bottles this and they lose to Leipzig in this they round. They can't. If ha if this happens with the past yeah. experience of Erling Haaland in the Bundesliga 2, people are mm -hmm. just going to hate so much. And Guardiola mm -hmm. is there for one reason only, Champions League. And with the, the, the amount of money in that squad, I cannot see that happening. Man City, I think, will go through with RB Leipzig. But Josh Cook, yeah. Guardiola, go bold and make my what I'm saying wrong, please. Or in Kuku. My goodness. That would be such I mean, a wonderful spectacle, too. Oh, and that's the thing, is that they, they, they know him. I mean, the core of RB Leipzig know, knows him. Um, and, and Timo Werner, I, I just, you know, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this sheepishly, but just watch out. For some reason, I just have a feeling Timo Werner is going to show up um, this week um, in this second leg. Now, I still think Manchester City will move on. Um, I, I don't see any way, but I think Leipzig is going to give them more of a battle uh, because they've been one of the more informed teams in 2023. You've got Nkunku. I don't know if he's actually going to be fully healthy for this. You've got Sobislai, who's been doing phenomenally well. Timo Werner's been scoring goals. Mm -hmm. uh, Forsberg is back. Uh, I, you know, there's just a lot of good things to like. Yeah. Um, but I, I honestly, I mean, Manchester City, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, they have to do this, and they can't do what Antonio Conte's Spurs did midweek. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's a good one. Wow. That's a good one. Asa Milan went bold and secured with a one one nil in both aggregates yeah. with both games too. Mm. But I just want to say on my end, ending with Man City, big yes. huge shout out to a player that I consider one of the best players in his position in the world. That is Rodri. Rodri, long term, mm. his signing from the Pep Guardiola era will be remembered because he replaced. Fernandinho, that was key. And right now, yes. Rodri is crucial to Man City's uh, tactics. And I'm going to say one of the best defensive mids in the Premier League era, in my opinion, when he ends up to place up his boots. He's that important. Because if Rodri leaves Man City, I can't see 
players replacing him. And then no Spanish, too. Something that Pep Guardiola yep. must love. Must love. Yep. So I wanted to give that shout because uh, Rodri deserves a lot more credit. Yeah, and there you go. Atletico Madrid. Um, I, you know, it just... Rodri, it, it, it amazes me because he's been around seemingly for so long, but it not really. He's only been in the Premier League for, what, three seasons? Exactly. Three full seasons, I believe. Um, and he's just been so dominant. And and once again, you would expect there to be, yes, you're playing Pep-style ball, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're playing Pep ball. But when it comes down to it, uh, you know, Rodri has been at the tippy top of literally every analytic for defensive midfielders in the nice. Premier League since he's gotten here. And that 70 million was just money, money well spent. <laughs> and then you look at it and you're like, the guy's only 26 years old. He's going to be doing this a long time. So um, it's just whether or not he's going to continue to do it for City. And it, Rodri is so consistent. And you see Casemiro yeah. that is being world-class for Man United. But he gets oh. two straight red cards, which he will miss eight games with all that. Rodri is massively uh, consistent, but if I had to pick between Rodri and Casemiro, I go Casemiro, being fair. But Rodri yeah. still, like, massively important. Massively important. Yeah, and, he, he absolutely <laughs> is. And and he filled in at center back. He's He's been able to do whatever Pep asks of him uh, amidst too. this. Yeah, uh, and for Spain too, right. Um, oh, I guess that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, him <laughs> filling in at center back, you know, just at the World Cup. Yeah, just something just... <laughs> But whatever, but I uh, so casual. But I mentioned that about Kazmiru. It's ca- it's actually yeah. mad that Kazmiru, before he had come to the Premier League, he had never gotten a straight red card. And now this yep. season, two straight red cards in the Premier League. The, yeah, uh, Man-, Man United are going to miss him so much. So uh, much. I, I guess what that's what the Premier League does to you, right? Brings out the dog in you or something because, my goodness. <laughs> and I, I do have to say, this particular one, though, mm. seems soft. And I would be incredibly surprised if Ten Hag didn't right away um, shoot an appeal uh, to see if they could get him back sooner. But, yes, to miss eight full games, I mean, that that is just – that is that's not good. That's mm. not what you want, especially considering – when he does play, he has become um, obviously the most important player uh, for Manchester United. Uh, when all is said and done, but my goodness, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say beyond that. Except <laughs> this one was soft. The first and, one, not so much. This one, soft as hell. And I want to say this season, Eric Tenag with Man United, it's a successful season. Getting a trophy with the Carabao Cup, ending up yeah. top four, having a Europa League run, and so many of the signings already showing. Great positive signs like Kazmin, Anthony improving, like Sabitzer yeah. was even, Vegors was even. Eh, they were all right. So a lot yeah. of right moves but done by Man United and Eric Ten Hag this season. And nil-nil. That was a tough nil-nil match for it Man was. United and Tottenham. Yeah. Tottenham now. Yeah. I want to mention it just so I don't forget. 3-1 win against Nottingham Forest. But... I'm going to say this. I still don't believe Tottenham will end up in the top four. Antonio Conte, I, it's the locker room. It's looking fishy. It, it's looking fishy. It's tough. It's tough. And and everything is uh, everything is outweighing the fact that Harry Kane already has 20 goals. 20 goals in the Premier League this season. Right? Uh, it, it's just absolutely immense. It, you know, it's it, the consistency that has come from this this man. Um, so I, I just don't understand how you can um, – the same way, you know, United disappointed – okay, United kicking the crap out of Real Betis, right, in order to essentially get back 
um, at essentially themselves for that 7-0 loss, right? And then they follow it up with a, you know, okay, Gavin Bazunu had himself a little bit of a minor masterclass against them, uh, keeping them out of net uh, to get that draw. But then Spurs does like the reverse, right? They have possibly the most languid. I don't know if that's the right word. They have just, it was such a blah loss for Spurs, right, in the Champions League, to, like, go out looking as if you didn't even want to play in the first place, and then you come back and, okay, you thump up on Nottingham Forest, Kane gets two goals, and I think Son even chipped one in. But, yeah, this Antonio Conte team is another version of one of these bigger teams in the Premier League going Jekyll and Hyde on their fans this season. True, There's no consistency, and it's really incredibly hard to keep up with as it stands. Um, So I, I... I don't know. I mean, what what you really don't think that they're going to wind up top four right now. If you don't think they're going to wind up top four, mm-hmm. who is your top four as it stands? I, past, I, past I, Arsenal, past City, you're talking... United, three. And I'm still going to okay. put or Liverpool or Newcastle. I think United, Newcastle, three. Yes. After zero goals in two games and seven conceded? <laughs> I'm going to put United third in, in the Premier League okay. for me. I'm going to put mm. first place, in my opinion, in the Premier League will be Arsenal. Second, I yeah. think City. Third, Man United. Yeah. But it's all yeah. eyes on that Arsenal-Man City game. Because, yeah, that's key. Because that can change. If Man City beat Arsenal, I can put Man City first and second. But just like we're then, mentioning here, like the, the, the top yeah. three race. Because it's right. but 16, 16 mm. points separate Arsenal from Man United right now. And that must be talked at the masterclass. But the relegation battle. Oh, my days. Who are the top three teams you think might be relegated? Because Burnmouth would be on one of my teams. But I'm going to say Leeds. Leeds yeah. are not looking good. They've sacked Jesse Marsh and the players. I, I, I don't see tactics. I think Leeds will get relegated. I think we should uh, get I I have confidence that they they will play enough um uh, proactive football uh that they will be able to, they have an incredibly important uh, uh couple fixtures coming up. I believe they have Nottingham Forest and I think they have Southampton as well or some mm. something like that where you can actually maybe get some daylight here. But I mean Leicester City is back to uh, back True. to being a relegation team because they, I think they've lost four four in a row now um, in the league. And they, I mean, you're talking about, let's see, 12th place is Crystal Palace, right? Mm-hmm. Crystal Palace has 27 points. And you're talking last place, Southampton has 22. So there are three points separating 12th and 18th. And um, I, I honestly, I honestly don't know in here, right? I think Southampton still goes down. One. Ooh. Okay. And then I am gonna say I'm I'm gonna say oof. I'm gonna say I'm Leeds, gonna say definitely. I'm gonna say Forrest. Oh, nothing of Forrest. Forrest. I believe in yep. Scarpa and those signings, man. I'm gonna I I I think Forrest might stay. I think Leeds okay. are gonna go down. Yep. And look, this team I think needs to learn. And I know West Ham mm. have an elite squad, but why is David Moyes still the manager? Why is David Moyes still coaching West Ham? For that reason, I think West Ham are definitely in the contention for the relegation next to Leeds. I think those two teams will get relegated. I'm going to say that. They have, they have scored 24 goals this season. Like, it has just dried up. They spent how, the- how much on Skamaka, <laughs> and they've gotten nothing out of him. In fact, Moyes doesn't even want to play him anymore, basically. Jared Bowen is a shade of himself, although he's looked minorly better. 
Uh, Antonio apparently saves all of his goals for the Conference League instead of the Premier League. I mean, I, I don't understand it because West Ham was poised to take a step up, mm-hmm. not a step down, not a massive step down. And there is no way to sugarcoat it. I agree with you. I mean, you're looking at past results right now, um, but I, I'm just looking at it like Forrest hasn't won in five plus. So I'm going to say, yeah, Forrest, I think Southampton. And sadly, I do think, even though I love Dango Watara mm. and what he has provided Bournemouth, and even though they're still in the relegation zone after beating Liverpool, massive win. Um, I, I do think it's going to be Bournemouth, Southampton, and Nottingham Forest that go down. Oof, Bournemouth leads West Ham right now. West Ham is a bold mention, Woo-hoo. but put down below, people. Who do you think will be relegated, man? I don't trust David Moyes. And tell me but, if you guys, what do you guys, what do you guys but, think? But one more thing there. Mm. Do at what point are we kind of? I don't know, uh, ringing the alarm bells for Patrick Vieira and Crystal Palace. Uh, I, I know he still does three three games in a row without shots target, but I think there's a bigger problem for all this. Who's the best player of Crystal Palace? It's Wilfred Zaha, and he's with a yeah. six-month contract right now. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, and the team, I think they're just not happy. You can see the environment. Even Olise is committing mistakes uh. that you wouldn't see Olise doing a month or two months ago. So I think yep. there must be a lot of background talk at a Crystal Palace environment that we don't we don't see in the front. Yeah. So that would be uh, my they, mention with Crystal Palace. They started Palace. out they started out so well too. Um and they have a lot a of bummer. quality players for the future too. I believe that Crystal Palace for the future, I think they're going to make yeah. good decisions long term too. And of all teams of the 12th to the 18th, I te- I think the team in the second half of the Premier League season, a team that will go up the most is Everton. I love that Sean Dyche appointment, and I really believe long-term, Sean Dyche will be a great manager for Everton because he understands the culture of that role at Everton. And they've wasted so much money with transfers. And with Sean Dyche, that knows how to be a chief spender with Burnley at the past, I think he'll do a good job. I think he'll do a good job. So tell us something. uh, Did you see that Anthony Gordon interview? Uh, I saw that he didn't wasn't treated with respect. I think it was yeah. about that. Well, I didn't yep. understand that because Anthony Gordon, you're not Mbappe. Mbappe, <laughs> well, what a World I, Cup! You know, I was expecting being grateful of being saving uh, Everton. You know, my sentiment exactly. My sentiment exactly. Uh, the the it came across as uh, misplaced and maybe a little over uh, confident. Yeah, if you will. Um, but anyway, it's not like he's lighting up the stage with Newcastle right now. But yeah, what I'm saying is your 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 um your theory right now about Everton, you know, maybe sparking something is going to be put to the test because I believe they have Chelsea and, next. And so you're mentioning Gordon, I want to ask you this: Who hmm. do you think will yeah. get Declan Rice? Because Declan Rice is massively important for West Ham. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's it's probably going to be one of the big one of the big five. Right. But I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I don't (laughs) have, I don't have a preference right now. I mean, obviously he wants Chelsea, but. But Mason Mount's leaving. So Declan Rice mustn't be happy about that. I think Arsenal would be the team that would give most guarantees for Declan Rice. Arsenal that wanted Moises Caicedo and now Moises Caicedo got an extension. So Partey and Declan Rice. That'd be pretty special. (laughs) But the funny thing is the first team that came to my head, right, Mm. was actually where where we think Mason Mount should go. I I believe Declan Rice at at 
at Newcastle um, could what? work out nice nicely because you know Bruno and and um, Bruno and Declan don't play the exact same role. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of similarities, but they could actually complement. Imagine them running that midfield for Newcastle. But spend the big bucks, Newcastle, for I mean, Mason Mount and Declan Rice. Imagine if it was Mason Mount, Declan Rice, and Bruno Guimaraes. <laughs> yeah, bring Pulisic in too, and I'm I'm a happy I'm a Newcastle fan next season maybe. No, would I say Botman Pope? That'd be a pretty special yeah. team. That'd be a pretty. Yeah, special it was a well. Uh, it's about time with Isaac though. I, I still remember the days of uh, of him with Real Sociedad. You know, with Martin Odegaard. Um, that was one heck of a uh, <laughs> one heck of a team uh, that went on quite a run. Um, but yeah, since then, not so much. Not so much. Uh, but let's see. P- tell us down below the relegation team you think will go down in the YouTube comment section. We Great. mentioned this team briefly when we mentioned Tottenham. And we're mentioning mm. good management with Newcastle. I'm going to say AC Milan went through in the yeah. Champions League. And big credit to Maldini for the great decision-making he has on the top. That the defense of... Asa Milan has cost them $72 million with Mike Magnian, Teo Hernandez, Kalulu, Malik Tia, and Tomori. All great yep. signings. And what a bargain it was for Kalulu. Mike Magnian, come back from injury. You are so needed. And Tomori, please just get selected every time for England. Yep. It doesn't make any sense the disrespect well, that Tomori gets. Man of the match two in the Champions League. No surprise. Yeah. Southgate, you know what you got to do. Yeah, and th- we have to remember, there was always going to be a falling off of how good they really were. Tamori, Kalulu, how good they were for AC Milan mm-hmm. uh, last season, especially in that final stretch. But my goodness, I don't think any Rossoneri fan was ready for how atrociously they started 2023. Fuck. Um, but they have since righted the ship, and I think Believe it or not, getting to the quarterfinals, um, getting the quarterfinals of the Champions League is a big deal for AC Milan, right? Facts. To be back there, um, and and I think they they could wind up. I mean, we'll see who they get next, Keep but they, they have every yeah because Man- Magnon is getting just getting rounding back into form. Tamori's rounding back into form. You already mentioned Malik Thiao um, and and what he's been doing. Teo, I mean, they have the pieces. They have not, I believe, played their best at all. In 2022-2023. And let's be honest. The race for the Scudetto is over. It's all about Not Champions both. League spots <laughs> and Champions League. And that's it. It's true. Um, and next it comes season, Issa so. Milan desperately yeah. need a striker. Okay? They need Rafael mm-hmm. Leon to stay. Tonali and extension would be good. Tomori extension just to have more guarantees long term. Teo extension what? would be a dream. And a striker like Jonathan David or even Balogun. <laughs> Balogun for me would be a great shout. Balogun that has 16 goals scored in the league and will still at 30. He's 19 yep. league games unbeaten. He's doing magic, the motivation, the coaching. He is an exceptional young manager. Nagelsmann vibes with him, man. Unbelievable uh, what he's doing. It's, it, it's great. And, and, and the way he picks up languages, it's oh, really, really impressive. The way he switches that's... from French to, I mean, he's all over the place and it's it's wonderful to see. Although he is costing his team multi- multiple <laughs> millions of dollars in this season. Every time he takes the pitch as the coach, I believe, what did we say? It was like 25,000. Yep. Oh my gosh. But listen, their league run, right? Mm-hmm. Stade de Rem, 
their league run led by Falar and Balogun, right? Mm-hmm. With 16 goals, as you just mentioned, their league run is now up to 19 unbeaten. <sighs> and it wasn't just them winning, right? It was them beating AS Monaco. Okay, yeah. so they beat Monaco, okay? One no zip, Falaren Balogun had the goal, and I, I got to say this before I forget it. Balogun, if you count him as an Englishman, which he absolutely is, I think, right now, based on the youth teams that he's played for, although we're going to go like this in hopes that he uh, becomes a U.S. men's national team player in the very near future. But Balogun, you ready for this? Mm. He needs just two goals to become the highest-scoring Englishman of all time in legal history and that person i believe is glenn hoddle okay way back in the day glenn hoddle with 18 goals join okay? the u.s men's so, national team Balogun. Yeah, become the yeah. number one ever american yeah. to do that like <laughs> it's true but but to think about that okay i, I get it like the list of englishmen that have gone over to play in legal right mm. it's not exactly humongous right true. uh but when it comes down to it for him still to be setting this record for him to be relatively consistent as consistent as he's been considering i think he's he he accounts for and has been involved in like 65 to 75 percent of stad Rem's goals this season right they are not firepower friendly okay <laughs> this is a team that's built on good def- defense um and obviously good good coaching good tactics because clearly uh they've been getting the results that they've needed and then at worst they grind out a draw um but yeah Balogun. Uh, is ready for the next step. AC Milan seems like a pretty big step up, but I don't know. I mean, I have no clue because we look at the Napoli team and how that was pieced together. You're taking, you know, Kavarit Skilia from Dinamo Batumi. You're taking uh, Minje Kim, right, from the Turkish Super League. You're taking all of these people. So, yeah, you can take Balogun from Stadarim, and you don't <laughs> have to pay $70 million, and you might get 15, 20 goals out of him uh, in a Scudetto race. Um, but, Good yeah, show. Jonathan David. Jonathan David, you mentioned him earlier, and you do have to. He he had a, what was it, a hat trick? Yeah, he had a hat trick, right? Two goals. Um, I know two were penalties, uh, but three goals that puts him as the leader in the legal golden boot race. He's got 19 goals this season, and uh, he's only 23 years old. Oh, Only 23 years Canadian old. Canadian, too. Oh, my days. Canadian. Oh, Balogun picking hmm. the U.S. maybe in the future. And Jonathan David with Canada. North America Byron, are going so bold in Liga. <laughs> I want to say it. I got to say it because I just, I don't know why I just put this together. Bayern Munich's looking for a striker, right? I know mm. they signed Chupa Moting to a, a well, well, well-deserved one-year extension. But listen, go get Jonathan David. <laughs> go get Jonathan David. And if they can't get Kane too, Jonathan David is younger. But I think yeah. the youngest, best striker would be Gosal Khemsh. Just gonna get, get just Probably. gonna set that because Gosal Khemsh, in my opinion, should start for the Portuguese national team in the next selection. Gosal Khemsh scoring two goals and one assist against Club Bruges. Now people don't have doubts. He is coming for the biggest numbers in the world of football. Gosal Khemsh. I am so All bullish right. on him. And you mentioned Napoli. Kvaratskhelia oh. has 11 goals and 11 assists. In 22 games in Serie A. I'm going to say the most exciting wingers I've ever seen in Serie A. He's wonderful yeah. to watch. And he replaced Mertens and Insigne to win now Napoli's first Serie A Scudetto after 30 years. Those are the levels yeah. of Kvaratskhelia or Kvaradona for many other people. So I wanted yeah. to say that. And shout out to Artur Cabral. He's got... 
Good striker at Fiorentina with 32 games and 11 goals and one assist. Good player. Yep. Good player to watch. They're 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 a sneaky conference league. Um, they've got they've they've got potential if Artur Cabral continues to score goals the way he's been scoring them. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, back back to Napoli. I have to say this because um, I, I know it seems a little bit like I'm a Holland hater these days or or whatever. But uh, there is no doubt in my mind mm. that Napoli, Kavica Kavertskilia, Victor Osimhen, they are the best story in club football right now. Okay. I I don't care about 28 goals in the premier league, the way I care about how this team has been put together. Ah. It is insanely (laughs) impressive. I mean, you have to remember the only major acquisition here, Mm -hmm. the only major acquisition for Napoli was Osimhen. And that happened a couple seasons ago for 70 million euros. Right. And that was kind of, kind of a a risk that was taken by Napoli because they haven't spent much since then. But you're talking about Min Jae Kim, who's mm-hmm. arguably arguably been the best center back in Serie A this season. They got him for 18 million from Fenerbahce. They got Matias Oliveira for 16 million from Hatafe, who is perennially a relegation battler in uh, La Liga. They got Frank Anguisa from relegated Fulham. I know he was on loan previously, but they got him for a cut rate 16. If they were to turn them around right now, you could literally sell off those four players, Kavera, Donna, Osamen, Minjay, Kim, Oliveira, Angisa, that's five players. You could sell them off for what? 250 million? <laughs> 200 million? Easily? I mean, it, it, it's absolutely unreal. And I, I just have to say, if you want a, a, a crash course in how to assemble a team and not a collection, mm-hmm. just look at Spalletti's uh, Napoli. Okay, and even guys like Raspadori and Simeone coming in for attacking depth. True. These guys have scored goals in Serie A before. Raspadori, I think, was at Sassuolo before. Was. Simeone has been kind of all over the place, Verona Jennifer. or wherever. Jennifer. And yeah, and they they have scored wherever they've gone. They got him in on loan for attacking depth, and I, it's just Romani from Verona. I mean, there's so many names that you could put together. These guys uh, are are the best story in club football at the moment for sure i <laughs> love it i love how you mentioned all these geniuses because yes mm. napoli what what they're doing they must have geniuses and in the group you mentioned the unity that's what napoli does with their management something very different from another team that is psg this has been the worst season of PSG. Why? Because of all the money invested. In that game yep. of PSG against Bayern Munich, Sergio Ramos and Mbappe were the two players that would never stop. And Verratti's interception, world-class at all times, Verratti. I want to say that. The people that criticize oh. Verratti do not know football and seriously don't know don't watch football the way it should be seen because Verratti is instrumental for PSG. And it's crazy he never played Serie A football. He went straight from Pescara yeah. Serie B to PSG. But I'm going to say Messi, okay, and with Barca and PSG, Messi has seven, uh, 843 games, 700 and, 701 goals, and 300 assists now. Elite stats, but still never, never went to the semifinals with PSG. That's what people wanted to see. And that's why people will point fingers at his time at PSG, Messi. But he won the World Cup in all this. He won the World yeah. Cup with Argentina. So he's going to win oh. the Ballon d'Or too. 
you you said it's the worst season in in a while, right? For PSG, and Fox. and I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna say like if there's worse than worst, um, it's it right now because not only right is Messi, Mbappe, and uh, Neymar relegated to um, winning another Ligon title, right? They, they're 10 points clear. But on top of that, you ready for this? Mm. Neymar, who largely looked like he was going to be leaving in some respects, he's going to be out for a while, the which rest... kind of hurts kind of hurts his marketability, does it not? Facts. When it comes to finding a transfer suitor, uh, of which the list is small, right? Uh, to to land him uh, for full value or close to full value or whatever you want, just offload the wage bill. And on top of that, you've got probably Mbappe is the only shoe in to stay at PSG at least for next season. Mm-hmm. Messi, I think, him being out of the Champions League, I think Neymar likely being gone or mm-hmm. injured and missing a good majority of the preseason in order to get back to full health. I think Messi is heading to Major League Soccer. I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Okay, oh! um, but listen. Because uh, I'm not done with this yet. We we mentioned at the beginning, right? Christophe Gaultier was brought in, essentially, we know, to bring them the Champions League title. Same with Luis Campos. But at the same time, I'm going to say it very, very loud and clear. Mm. PSG needs to pivot away from their high-profile, massive wage bill transfer style. It's not going to work. As it seems, if it can't work with Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi, it's not going to work with anybody. Okay. <laughs> Use your economic might to build a team, a la even, Napoli, even not a Donnarumma, collection. Sergio Ramos, Verratti, yes. all these players are huge salaries too. So it's not even those three only. Yeah. So it's like even right. everyone around them. But the biggest problem at PSG last season was midfield. Yeah. Fabian Ruiz, Carlos Scholler, and Vitinha didn't do the job to go further in the Champions League. And that's what a lot of no. PSG fans are talking about too. And I know, I know you don't want to criticize Verratti, but Verratti in that match versus Bayern, mm. he he was he was outclassed, he was beaten. Okay, yeah, um, he, he was, was kind of a shade of himself. He was a shade, and yeah, he was bullied in that Go game. Ahead. Now that does not dismiss what Verratti has done for PSG as a whole and how consistent he's been uh, in his entirety um, since moving from Pescara. But when it comes down to it, they left the Champions League with no more than a whimper. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't even it wasn't even a whimper. They just laid down and let Bayern take it uh, from them. And and I'm gonna say it right now: Bayern is my favorite until somebody proves, proves me otherwise. Real Madrid. Okay? Real Madrid. I, I I get it. I get it. But Sadio Mane is coming back online right now. He just got his first start. I am confident that he can play a very very big role for them in the late stages of this. You've got guys that are you know. Coleman, everybody is firing on all cylinders. Bayern has now taken over the lead in in, uh, in the Bundesliga. They're starting to play very attractive offensive football. Their defense still needs some work. But let's be honest, the league and Upa Makano have been the best center back pairing that they've had in a while. Fuck. Okay, and the league has definitely taken a step forward this season. Um, and Nagelsmann has been very, very um, effusive about that. So I am going to say it. Um, I, I think Bayern is my... Champions League favorite so far based on the sum of all parts because, um, you know, Kimmich is there. Moeller is there. All of these players are still there that have been there before. And Sadio Mane has been there before. (laughs) And they can win this Champions League um, title. But last thing I have to say about PSG before we move on Mm -hmm. really quickly because it's going to sound counter to what I've said in the past. PSG needs continuity. Gaultier needs to stay. Luis Campos needs to stay. 
no, no, yes. no, 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 no. Galtier, no. They won't win a Champions yep. League with Christoph Galtier, in my opinion. I'm going to they be won't honest. Win a Champions, they won't win a Champions League unless they let Galtier and Campos deliver a team. Eesh. An actual team. It will be another okay? manager, I think. Even Thomas Tuchel, it's I think, would be better than, than Christoph Galtier. I, in my Bring opinion, him back. I think uh, for PSG to win the Champions League, I do think they have to break the core of Mbappe, Messi, and Neymar. Yes. I think Neymar will be out the rest of the season. Messi's not happy. I think Sergio Ramos will leave too. And a lot of the leaders yep. will have to go. Donnarumma stay. Marquinhos stay. Kimpembe stay. Verratti stay. Yep. Mbappe will have to stay. But it's inevitable to go to Real Madrid one day. Just wanted to mention that. And Vitinha too. For me, he should stay too. And I'm going to say, yeah. no doubts in my mind. I said it when we started FC Wonder Kid. <laughs> but right now, I am going to put all my chips that Noon Minj will be the best left back in the world. I am so confident when I see him play in the Champions League. And for Portugal, he's absolutely crucial when he comes on. 20 years yeah. old. Portuguese brilliance right there. One of the best in his position. He's better than Davies, in my opinion. Fonzie, Nun Minch. Oh, don't say that. You can't follow up with that. Davies is a better left back right now. <laughs> Davies is a better left back right Offensively, now. Offensively, but, but overall, no. But Nuno, but, but Nuno Mendes has definitely the highest ceiling out of probably any left back. Uh, definitely. I, no, I think he does have the highest ceiling out of any left back in the world right now he does but he's not there yet he's not there yet i agree though that any future at psg needs to be built around him essentially mm -hmm. right and, and and around some of these younger guys i mean warren zaire emery it's oh. it, it, you know the season's not going very well when warren zaire emery who is just massive uh a massive prospect is being literally thrust into uh you know more of a playing role than anyone would have expected galtier and luis campos to allow him um, to do so, I, I just I Zaire Emery is probably gonna uh, be built around too. Uh, do they let Verratti go in the mm, future too? They, but they PSG lock him, lock him, lock him. Yeah, and it's so sad, they man. Gotta. We're saying that PSG had a flop season, and Mbappe at 24 has 31 goals scored. He has seven assists. He became the all-time goal scorer for PSG history. He scores a hat-trick in a World Cup final. And this is a bad season for him. That shows the importance of the Champions League and why he should have gone to Real Madrid and get that number seven jersey that no one has right now. It's yep. so embarrassing. So embarrassing that everybody sees something so obvious. But I wanted to ask you, because there's a ton of players transfers mm -hmm. and in six months mm -hmm. they might be out i cannot can, i'm gonna ask you what leagues do you think these players should be going to you drunk okay. after Bayern munich does he stay at Bayern or he go, ends up in another league oh based on recent reports it doesn't seem like he's very happy to be at Bayern. that didn't take very <laughs> long um oh does he go to an does he go to another league i mean syria would welcome back welcome him back with open arms mm -hmm. um it's just you know I think Real Madrid Ooh. should try João Cancel. João Cancel at Real Madrid. He would be so yeah. proud to be a Real fan, a, a Real player. And they need fullbacks. So I think they João Cancel Real Madrid is interesting. Re retire Donny Carvajal for uh, for good for all eternity, <laughs> I guess. Right? Um, now, I, now I, that makes makes the most sense. But um, Wilfred yeah, Zaha, we'll where do you think he will move? Oh my gosh, he's gonna stay in the Prem. Mm, stay, in the stay in the Prem. Go to Newcastle. That would be interesting. Modric. Newcastle. What do you think Spurs. about Modric? 
Modric, oof. You know, it, it seems to me like Modric, like his next move would be to head back to his like hometown club in Croatia. Oh, Dinam Zagreb. That would be beautiful. Modric now yeah. trusting the youth, helping the youth, and getting Bezema. I, 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 Do you believe Bezema will go to the Prem maybe? I still, I still think, I still think Major League Soccer is going to make a big deal for a big one for him. <laughs> I, I agree with everybody saying that he, he definitely got one or two seasons in the, in the prem, maybe before he starts thinking about the, uh, uh, starts thinking about the jump across to Major League Soccer. But like, I have a feeling there's going to be this big economic package just thrown right in front of him saying, come now. Come now or this goes away. Basically, my economic package, I agree. But the player I think will go to the MLS in no time soon is Paul Pogba. Only one match yeah. played since February and February 28th for Zvinch. <laughs> it's been a flop and a liability for Zvinch this season, in my opinion. So the MLS, he must be moving there in no time soon, in my opinion. Miami reports. In that documentary, he was always in Miami. So Beckham, yeah. get that done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's going to have to be some strings pulled for that to get done if uh, if Messi's coming first. But um, my goodness, I, I, I think I think there's going to be a lot of uh, purse string opening, um, which is kind of the 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 thesis of this. Uh, Major League Soccer is going to open up the purse strings um, to welcome people in three years before the World Cup hits these shores. So uh, Pogba, that wouldn't necessarily surprise me. It's just I'd be a little worried about. I don't know. I don't know him staying healthy ever. Well, um, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. That'd we'll be see. You don't think Pogba's? You don't think Pogba's got another uh, club in him somewhere else? Mm, I think I think Europe te European teams are getting a bit sick of him. Being the top yeah. teams at least, like Juve. See the Man United blimp and what Mourinho said yeah. about him. Ralph Ragnick said yep. about him. A lot of managers were were against him. So I think Paul Pogba might say, "Look, I did so much in European football. I went bold in the 28 World Cup. I can go to the yeah. Major League Soccer now." I wouldn't be surprised. And you mentioned that the Bundesliga race, Bayern Munich, are on top. But I want to say yep. Schlotterbeck. Schlotterbeck has been balling out. He goes forward sometimes as a center back. And I'm like thinking, is he a midfielder? Please pay attention, pay attention to Schlotterbeck. That he is, in my opinion, a starter for the German national team in the future. Dachmannschaft. So Schlotterbeck, yeah. Florian Wirtz, Musiala. The future of Germany is in safe hands. I believe in a lot in these players. And Rafael Kret, great assist. <laughs> yeah, but my bad. goodness, that dropping, just dropping that point. I know. Uh, those points, I guess, to Schalke. To Schalke of all teams. Rivalry. Now, Schalke, Schalke gave AC Milan Malik Thial, mm -hmm. right? Schalke gave Juventus Weston McKinney uh, oh. back in the day. But Schalke, since then, has been basically atrocious. And uh, <laughs> Dortmund should have taken those three points. But yeah, Bayern's got full control. But if you're going to talk about the Bundesliga, mm -hmm. right? If you're going to talk about the Bundesliga. Um, and by the way, J Jeremy Frimpong once again was phenomenal for Leverkusen this weekend. Um, I, I think he's up to like seven goals, six assists. Uh, he is just all over the place. He has the best, you ready for this? He has the best dribbling success rate in the Bundesliga compared to guys like Alfonso Davies, compared Ooh. to guys like Wirtz, like Musiala, like... You know, anyone that is considered a good dribbler in the Bundesliga, uh, it, it's it's absolutely um, impressive what he's been doing for Leverkusen this season. And I agree, he's going to take that step up, likely to the Premier League this season. But I want to jump on over to the Eredivisie, ah, because if yes. you want to look at Wonder Kids, 
the Eredivisie right now has Mohamed Kudus at Ajax, who is absolutely on fire as it stands. And then you have a, you know, a certain kid named Xavi Simmons once again, once again, um, he is up to, uh, what is it? Uh, 12 goals, six it's assists like, in the league, more than 20 yeah. league goal and more than 20 goal involvements in all competitions. One of the most desirable yeah. under 20 talents in the world of football right now. And a quick shout to Fabio Silva has more than 20 yeah. goal involvements too at PSV. So Fabio Silva, yeah. uh, Xavi Simmons, Johan Bakayoko and Brathwaite center back. Pay attention to all these players. Brathwaite, yeah. Sheesh. Oh, and my goodness, could Everton use Branthwaite at this moment in time? <laughs> um, especially because Branthwaite apparently has turned into a, a set-piece extraordinaire. Uh, he gets oh. on the end of anything for PSV Eindhoven. But, uh, you know, I, I there is another person that has 20-plus goal involvements. Mm. Um, and if you look at the scoring table, right, if you look at the goal invo involvement leaders or something in the Eredivisie, Cody Gokpo is still second. <laughs> and he left 11 plus games ago. I don't think we really fully realized how ridiculous his start to the season for PSV was before he made that move to Liverpool. Fuck. He had 21 goal involvements in the four, first 14 games. He was essentially the ear to Holland. Okay. <laughs> um, and it, it is great. I know Gokpo's got four goals in the, in the Premier League right now for Jekyll and Hyde Liverpool. Mm -hmm. um, but it is absolutely insane to me that, yeah, PSV has replaced them. They're still in the running for a year to um title. And uh, it's, it's good watching and, everywhere. And you everywhere mentioned, I, I want to give a shout in the edit of Visa to one of the best players yeah. of the edit of Visa, 34 2, Dusan Tadic. Okay. He has oh, yeah. 16 assists. At 34 in the Eredivisie. And for Ajax, what an impact yeah. he's had. One of the best transfers in Ajax history, maybe, for the output he's had in the Champions League and in the League 2. They are they're mm. title contenders, Ajax, to Feyenoord, next to Azel Kumar. Yeah. It's so wonderful to watch this title yep. contention of the Eredivisie. Jo Johnny Haitinga. Johnny Haitinga, right in the ship. He's uh, Seven Ajax wins. Is playing... Yeah, they're playing high oct high octane football again. So it's it'll be interesting to see if they can um, hunt them down at the top. But uh, <laughs> I love it. I love a, a good ear to visit. You have a lot of these top clubs that we know cater to playing wonder kids. Play them through thick and thin, and they will continue to progress. And it, it's it's wonderful to see. But listen, um, speaking of impact, right? That you just mentioned. I, I have to bring up something because there's been a just a wonderful, wonderful uh, pattern that's been developing. And it's that essentially all Nigerian strikers uh, have apparently become gods in their respective leagues. OK, um, and this is not something that kind of happens out of thin air. For some reason, Nigerian attacking talent is absolutely just out of this world right now. And I think most Nigerian fans are likely looking at this and saying, wouldn't it be nice if we could just field 11 strikers in our <laughs> upcoming African Nations Cup uh, qualification or our World Cup qualifiers in the future? Because Nigeria needs to get back there. But listen to this, okay? We, we all know what Victor Osimhen has been doing for Napoli this season. 21 goals, 5 assists, 27 games. He's in line for uh, delivering Napoli their first Scudetto since Maradona, okay? But behind him, you've got guys like Adamolo Lookman, okay, who is 14 goals, 5 assists in 27 games for Atalanta. Okay, one of the best breakout stars of Serie A 
considering where he was previous to that at Everton at other um, RB Leipzig, never necessarily taking off. It's so insane what he's been doing for uh, Atalanta. Then you've got Samuel Chukwueze, who is back to phenomenal form, only 23 years old, playing for Villarreal, 10, uh, 10 goals, 11 assists, and 25 starts. Tara Muffy. 23 years old, plays for Nice, just made a whole high-profile move from Lorient to Nice. He's got 15 goals in 24 starts for Lorient. And then you've got these two new guys that everybody is going to be fighting for. And when you talk about looking for a striker, like a you know Chelsea signing David Datro Fafana or something like that, looking for a striker for the future, look no further than Victor Boniface, who plays for uh, San Gilwaz, mm. was playing in the Europa League. He's got 14 goals and 32 starts for San Gilwaz. And then you have to look at this guy named, aptly named, Gift Orban. 20 years old. Gift Emmanuel Orban, okay? He's got nine goals in his first seven starts for Ghent, in where Jonathan David oh. got his upbringing, right? Where he got his start, right? In the Pro League, in Belgium. Nine goals in his first seven starts. And today he had a poker in 30 minutes. Or this weekend, I should say. He had a poker in the first in 30 minutes four goals in 30 minutes and these guys are all of nigerian descent oh it's it's, my it's a wonderful days. thing but they're all they're all 25 and younger when when is nigeria going to turn into uh the i don't know the african powerhouse that we all remember back in the day so nigeria's under 25 talents are victor osi may you mention and who's the list uh, victor osiman We've got Adamola Lukman, Samuel Chukwesi, Tara Moffi, Gift Emmanuel Orban, oh. and you've got Victor Boniface. And those two at the end there, Boniface is 22 and Orban is 20. Oh. Um, and these are the two you're going to look at. I, I doubt they're going to be staying in the pro league. Bargains um, in the future. And the top team. No. Remember these two names. Bretton is telling them. I love these two shouts for our listeners. And if you're listening yeah. until now, do not forget to like this episode nine episode 96 drop a follow Ooh. on spotify on apple Podcasts, instagram tiktok please go bold community and again thank you thank you so much for listening to episode 96 until now community thank you for going bold